0: Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. Host of Crackin' When Open with Mike and Elise. A podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every Friday, we choose a new craft beer from a different brewery and talk about the history of the beer, what's in it, how it was made, the history of the brewery, along with tasting notes and more fun facts. After that, come chill with us as we bring you the latest in pop culture news and reviews. So check out Crackin' When Open, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family.
1: Have those Marvel blues while Black Widow's theatrical release date is consistently delayed? Well, turn that frown upside down because yet another MCU podcast is here to guide you through the MCU one movie at a time. That's
0: right, Mike. Each episode, we break down one movie from the MCU
1: and talk about its connections with the source material, comic books. Which means I get to learn so many fascinating things like about Alpha Flight. The Canadian Avengers. Who knew? And Moon Knight. A multiple personality superhero. Seriously? And then there's Man-Thing. Yeah, not really sure how to explain that one. Pretty sure no one can. Yet another MCU podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ladies and gentlemen please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium when leaving the theater we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas thank you oh I guess I like sports movies yeah like real creepy like him. did you notice him with his hands down? down yeah I just noticed him yeah, yeah. Is, his pants are down. He's taking it, though. I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> I want to do the secret cabal stuff. I don't want to just go oh, and drink. Still, you still got to wear a cloak and stuff. I no, 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 I want the real cabal stuff. Like, I want the stuff we're controlling the
0: world. I want the secret You know what? Screw that. Hello, I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, seemed to be forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience, In its initial run, we'll discuss what we love about the movie. Maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Did you know I did that without actually opening up my notes? No, you're fantastic. Right?
1: Wow. In the spirit of the holiday season, you are really selfless. I did that
0: for you. I memorized that for you.
1: Good, thanks, man. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed their Hanukkah. I know that's past, and uh, we've got Christmas coming up. Happy Kwanzaa, everyone. Happy Ramadan. Uh, Ramadan? No, Ramadan's around there. I don't know. I thought Ramadan is in August. Happy holidays. And then, yeah. So, anyways, (laughs) no, I I don't. I don't know. I think I'm I'm trying to. I'm trying to trying to get them all. Trying to get them all in there. I'm sure. But I definitely know Hanukkah is over now because that started on the 11th. So, anyways. Happy holidays. And what are we doing this holiday season? We're doing a movie that takes place during the holiday season. Mike, what movie are we doing? We're doing The Ref That's starring right. Dennis Leary. Okay, listen, <laughs> you just give me the title. You don't have to do the who it's starring. I will tell you who it's starring. For I am responsible for the synopsis this week. Let's go. Dennis Lurie plays an unfortunate cat burglar who is abandoned by his partner in the middle of a heist and is forced to take an irritating Connecticut couple, hey, Connecticut, hostage, He soon finds that he took more than he bargained for when the couple's blackmailing son and despicable in-laws step into the picture before long. They're driving him nuts with their petty bickering and family problems. The only way for him to survive is to be their referee and resolve their differences before he can be nabbed by the police. The ref. That was Is that why he's called the ref? Right. (laughs) Okay. Enough. So The ref, the holiday movie that it is, came out on Wednesday, March 9th, 1994. <laughs> wow. Dynamite. Dynamite release date. Runtime of 96 minutes. Rated R. Production budget of $11 million. It's opening weekend. it did $3 million. Domestic and worldwide are the same, which probably means it didn't get an international release. But I think it did. It didn't do a lot. It was $11 million, basically, total. So this movie was not considered a hit, which is unfortunate because we'll get into that. Production company was Touchstone Pictures and Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer Films. Distributed by Buena Vista Pictures. For those who don't know, that is Disney. It was the ninth, was a Wednesday. Some places have it on the 11th, which is a Friday. So I'm sure it came limited somewhere and then wide on the 11th. On the 11th, you had Lightning Jack up against it and Guarding Test in a wide release. Guarding Test is the Shirley McLean uh, former president wife who's being protected by Nick Cage. Did you see that movie? I did
0: see that one. I did not see the other one that you listened to before. Lightning, that Jack, Lightning Jack? That's I did not with, see that.
1: um, I'm pretty sure that's with Paul Hogan. And Cuba Gooding Jr. I could be wrong about that though. You also had an limited release on this date, The Hudsucker Proxy, and Four Weddings and a Funeral. The you movie. really
0: like The Hudsucker Proxy. Hudsucker Proxy is awesome. I'm shocked it's not on our list.
1: Well, because it's not forgotten. Because other people know it's awesome. Do you not know it? Have you not seen
0: it? Have you not I, seen it? I have not seen that. Come
1: on, Butler.
0: We've talked about this. Butler, that's like we, the only here, one I haven't seen. Here's the thing.
1: Here's the thing. If you have not seen every single Coen Brothers movie, that's a problem. That is a problem. <laughs> That's a problem. You need to see every single movie they make because they're all very good in varying degrees. On the 18th of March, the week after, you had Naked Gun, 33 and a third, The Final Insult, which I don't mind, and Monkey Trouble. In the limited release that you had Mother's Boys, Bitter Moon, and The Paper. Paper's pretty good. On the 4th, March 4th, the week before The Ref, you had Greedy, which I know is on our list, The Chase, which is not, and Angie, the Gina Davis star. And then in a the limited release, China Moon, and what's eating Gilbert Grape? So you actually had a lot of. There's some are limited, but you actually had a lot of really good movies in this uh, three-week span. I'm very surprised. It was a good.
0: It was a good March. Yeah, it was the mid '90s. It's when a lot of the golden age of the '90s, like we were talking about, the '90s movies all being really good. Well, they are. Yeah, that's kind of this is kind of like prime time.
1: So this is directed by Ted Demi. He did Beautiful Girls, Monument Avenue, Life, and a bunch of music videos. He actually passed away in 2002. Too soon. He's a very good director. So this was written by two people, but the story is Mary Weiss, but she also wrote this movie with Richard Lagravanese, who is uh, her brother-in-law. They're related. She's his sister-in-law, so yeah, brother-in-law. She has done only the Christmas list. Uh, Lagravanese has actually been nominated for an Oscar for The Fisher King, and he wrote The Bridges of Madison County and Beloved, to name a few. good writer. He is. Cinematography by Adam Kimmel. Kimmel has also done Capote, Lars and the Real Girl, and Never Let Me Go. Composed by David A. Stewart who has done Showgirls, Cookies Fortune, and Alfie. Edited by Jeffrey Wolf, who has edited Billy Madison, Holes, ACOD, which, if, for those who don't know, means uh, Adult Children of Divorce. And he was an apprentice editor. His first job was on the movie Network, which is a very good movie. Produced by Ron Bozeman, Richard LaGravenese, and Jeffrey Weiss, and obviously Simpson and Bruckheimer. But Bozeman won an Oscar for uh, producing The Silence of the Lambs. He also did Philadelphia and For Love of the Game, to name a few. Ace has done the TV show, The Divide and Pushing Dead. And then Jeffrey Weiss has done not much. I assume he's just Mary Weiss's uh, husband and he put some money in and he got some money out. So, hey, uh, you know. So you had Dennis Leary uh, as Gus. Uh, for those who don't know, Dennis Leary is when he first came onto the scene in the 90s. Uh, he's also in the TV show Rescue Me. He's the in The Amazing Spider-Man, the Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider-Man, uh, where he played. Who do you, who's, who's father? He was the police chief, but he was somebody's dad. Gwen Stacy's dad? Gwen yeah. Stacy's dad. And he was also in Demolition Man, a favorite of ours. Judy Mm -hmm. Davis as Caroline. She was nominated for an Oscar for A Passage to India and Husbands and Wives. She's also in Naked Lunch. Kevin Spacey as Lloyd, who has won two Oscars, one for The Usual Suspects and the other for American Beauty, two great films. He's also in Baby Driver and the TV show House of Cards.
0: And The Negotiator, which we did a few episodes ago. Correct.
1: Good job, Mike. Robert J. (laughs) Steinmiller Jr. as Jesse. He's the son of Caroline and Lloyd, and he's just in a bunch of shorts and small roles. Nothing much after this. Richard Bright plays Murray, who is Gus's partner. He is in Beautiful Girls, Brighton and Beach Memoirs, and Marathon Man. Raymond J. Berry as Huff, who has a funny line in this movie. He is in Falling Down, Sudden Death, Dead Man Walking, and the TV show 13 Reasons Why. Uh, Huff is the police chief of the old Baybrook uh, town of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Christine Baranski as Connie. Uh, she is the sister-in-law of Floyd. Uh, she plays. She's in Mama Mia. She's in a ton of stuff, a ton of Broadway stuff, which you might have seen her in Mama Mia, Chicago, The Birdcage, and the TV show The Good Fight, which is on CBS All Access, soon to be Paramount Plus. Adam LaFevre, I think I said that right, is Gary. He plays uh, Lloyd's brother. He in Mary T's Mary Dakani in this movie. He's in The House of D, the 2004 Manchurian Candidate, and She's Out of My League, which is actually not a bad movie. I like that movie.
0: Really? You didn't like She's Out of My League? No, I'm surprised you like it. No, I liked it. Like that was so sweet. Shut up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then Glynis <laughs> Johns is Rose. She actually uh, won an Oscar. Won an Oscar nominated. No, I think she was won an Oscar. I, but correct me if I'm wrong, but she was. it's from the Sundowners, which is in the 60s. You might know her as the older lady in While You Were Sleeping, who has all the funny lines. She's also in Mary Poppins. Um, so, yeah. And I think she's still alive. She's like 94, 95 right now. Good for her. Right? J.K. Simmons as Siskel. This is J.K. Simmons' first feature film. Really? Yes. Wow. Now, well, very Right? but he's been in stuff before because you may know him as uh Skoda from Law and Order a TV show he used, to, he used to play the psychiatrist all the time he popped in and out all the time. He's also in the he's in the Spider-Man the Sam Raimi Spider-Man as uh J
0: Jonah Jameson. There
1: you go. He won an Oscar for his role in Whiplash and he's also on the TV show The Closer. He's everywhere. If you, if if you start watching a lot of older films Simmons is all over the place. He he's pops also up. State Farm and the Peanut M&M. Although
0: I don't true. know if he's still the Peanut m M&M. m He's not
1: is he State? No, he's not State Farm. He's um uh
0: Farmers, Farmers, yeah. Farmers wrong, yeah. I was about to sing the song. Uh, and then you had <laughs>
1: Robert Ridgley as Bob Burley. And the only reason I have him here is because I always remember from the, from Boogie Nights. of course, Because <laughs> I just always went, when, oh, my God, he's, he's such a degenerate in Boogie Nights. <laughs> he's also in Philadelphia. <laughs> Multiplicity. He actually passed away, I believe, right after they did Boogie Nights. He passed away in 1997. All right, Mike. I'm going to start right off the bat. All right. I'm going to tell you, I'm going I'm to give you... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a hot take, and I want you to disagree. I want you to see if you can disagree with my hot take here. Okay. This movie needs to be considered a holiday classic. Go.
0: Agree. Thank you. <laughs> As I take off not, my sweat, that's not a hot take. This movie needs to be a holiday classic. It, it absolutely does. It takes place during Christmas. There's all the Santa stuff. It's it's definitely themed around Christmas. There's Christmas music, and it deals with having to deal with your family on Christmas which is
1: extremely accurate is ex- like accurate to like there are po- uh, so I have seen this movie before mm-hmm. so have I and I watched when I watch this movie so I've seen this movie before like I said and when I, we watched all the other movies just you, you, moments where you kind of react to certain moments but in this movie when I was watching this film again I was laughing out loud out loud to the point where it's just like my god this movie is funny this movie <laughs> is hilarious and this movie I don't understand why this movie is not like, oh, what do you want to watch this holiday season? Let's put the ref on that. You absolutely should put the ref on. It's only 96 minutes. It's a great film, a nice short film, I guess, to the point, but it's just like, I know we're going to devolve into lines and we're going to be doing quotes back and forth. That's half my notes. Exactly. (laughs) But I just wanted, I wanted to kind of start it off by, by kind of laying that down there that I think this movie needs to be considered a movie you watch every holiday season.
0: For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, that's it that's all you got that's all i got absolutely i mean it's so relatable it's so other than like toward the end yeah that as it is a movie the conversations have to get a little more overblown and more dramatic but a lot of the arguments and stuff are very similar to what you see all the time and every family has sure and they're all caricatures of different family members that i'm sure in some way shape or form you've talked to or thought that way about every time you get together for christmas or thanksgiving or Hanukkah or Ramadan or Kwanzaa or whatever you celebrate. When you're with family. When you're with family, you don't necessarily, they're the people that you're born into, not the people that you choose. So, ooh, that's, oh, oh. that's don't, oh, let's get little, into
1: that, brother. So, what you're telling me is that you don't like your family. Or oh, I like my family. Oh, no, 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 that's not what you said. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. You yeah. Know, yeah. It's, uh, I've had that conversation with, I want to say with my mother a long time ago. And it, with, but, but yeah, you're, your family with people because you're related by blood, and you right, you didn't choose them, but you have to learn how well your family. Is. So everything, you know, that, that's the point. And you're like, why?
0: Yeah, I mean, I get. I've, that. I've had that conversation with yeah, my mother. Well. Absolutely, people,
1: absolutely. Just, you have, yeah. They
0: don't have to be family. I mean, they don't have to just because they are family doesn't mean you have to get along or True. see them all the time. Like if you don't like them, you don't like. Them.
1: But there is something to say for families that, let's say, are close and you know aunts and uncles watch the kids while you're younger and you know you do develop those relationships and a you know, grandmother takes care of a child while you're you know at work yeah you know, stuff like that like you know the, oh, the, so, sure, yeah, yeah. absolutely you do uh, i mean if you don't have family then it's you could you there are a lot of people that are just all alone they don't have that kind of support system mm-hmm. so i don't know why we're getting down the subject but I don't know. But anyways, it, but it is absolutely right when you have, but you do fight. You absolutely do fight and you do have these arguments and they are uh, spot on. I mean, I'm not that I've had these specific arguments, but I, when I'm watching the movie, I can recognize certain characters that are in the movie that I'm like, that are in my life. And I'm like, yep, that's, uh, that's somebody I know, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> Who do you know? Who? Let's, let's, let's go. Do uh, they listen to this podcast? Odds are no, odds are no, they don't listen to this podcast, so don't worry about it. <laughs> um, funny is that owen Gleiberman from entertain weekly did not like this movie and I, I have his quote here i want you to tell me what you think of this quote well, i'm in the hot seat every time not- <laughs> he calls he says the ref is crushingly blunt-witted and monotonous excuse me he says the ref is crushingly blunt-witted and monotonous and it's celebration of domestic sadism like i get it you're you're a writer good job you put a lot of big words in there but yeah. but you're missing the point i think he's i think he's missing the point i'm not saying whether he's a good or bad critic. I know who he is. He did it. This is when he was with Entertainment Weekly and I think he's with somebody else now. Or maybe he's still with, I don't know who he's with now, but I, I feel like he, he completely missed the point of the movie. And I know that when this came out, this was Dennis Larry's like first role where he wasn't because he used to, he's the guy that you see on MTV doing the chain smoking commercials when he's, right, there, yeah. he's doing his rants and that's his, that's his shtick. That was his uh, uh, stand Stand-up, up. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Son of a bitch. Damn so that's his stand up. So that's why you're in there. And to some degree when you're watching this movie you kind of want that. And that happens a couple times in the movie right. and you're fine with that. But clearly he maybe didn't like that and he wants something he wants something a little bit more, I don't know. But anyways, I I completely disagree with that with that take on this movie. And and the fact that it's this was 94, so we are almost 30 years or 30 years removed from that. Maybe 26 right now. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if if like when a critic didn't like a movie and it's clearly that the movie's good, like it's not terrible. It's a good movie. I, I wonder
0: if they would go back and be like, hmm, maybe I was wrong. But probably not. Probably not. Just probably like, nope, I didn't like it then. I'm not going to like it now. I'm not going back. <laughs>
1: but this movie also had a different ending. Butler, Did you know what that was?
0: I do not know what that was. Tell me, field. Mike, fact I mean, man. honestly, do you like you're the fact, man? I, I, I can't even tell you who the movie stars without getting yelled at. You, know? <laughs> you give me the alternate take. So the react. original
1: ending of the movie had Gus being caught by the cops. Because in the movie you had the son Jesse already kind of going down a life of a crime he was like blackmailing his uh
0: his military teachers yeah the of the military he, school. he was
1: blackmailing him and he he just runs scams and he clearly you know, stole the baby Jesus that whole thing because uh, he he finds it in his trunk. he's got a whole all this money like stored away and he he t- he wants to be like Gus he wants him to take him with him when he escapes. so they had the original ending Gus was getting caught by the cops. Either he gets Corish he gives up and it's to kind of show the son that, you know, life of crime doesn't, lead nowhere. You know, this is what happens. Yeah. And he tells him he has that conversation with him in the movie where he says, like, you're in a one bedroom apartment and, you know, you have no family, ooh, no kid, no friends. Right. Yeah. You're Working with a drunk who, you know, screws up, stuff like that. But test audiences didn't like it. So Demi changed it. And he, I guess he had he was quoted as saying he regretted that change. So they shot this movie in June of 93 and se- to September of 93 up in Ontario, Canada and this whole, whole movie shot in Canada. I and saw it at
0: the end of the credits. I was a little disappointed. Well, I mean,
1: <laughs> I, when I know, when we saw the movie and I was like old Baybrook and I forgot that took place in Connecticut, I knew that it was outside New York. I just didn't know if it was Westchester or Connecticut or New Jersey. And I, I saw old Baybrook and they started showing the outside stuff. I go, I, I don't know any of this. This is, doesn't look like anything in Connecticut um, that I can see. And then, yeah, so Ontario. They shot in 93 to 90, September, June to September of 93, but they went back and reshot the ending in January of 94. So, so two months before, oh, I, you know, what's funny? Two months before the movie came out, I wonder why that that, that got pushed. That's why I got pushed out of the holiday. Oh, because
0: I wanted to redo the ending. Because this
1: movie should have came out.
0: Oh, yeah. You don't have a Christmas movie that comes out in March. Yeah. I
1: mean, you either, I mean, well, I, I can understand if they put the movie in, in March because they're thinking that DVD is going to come out on the holiday season. They're going to make sales that way. DVD,
0: what's a DVD? This is 1994. It's VHS, man. No, there's DVDs in 94.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Go ahead, go look it up. Laserdisc. developed in 1995 and released in late so, 1996. So, like I said, like I
1: said, there's no DVDs in 94, Butler.
0: <laughs> so, anyways, but but that's
1: what they're looking for for rental. It, you know, that's possible. Yeah. But but still, this movie should have came out in the theater. That's
0: putting people off, though. That's that's really off putting in terms of like, what do you want to see tonight? And they look like say the people that like half the people at the movie theater we work. they look at the poster or something and they're going to look at it going Christmas movie. I'm not watch. Yeah.
1: Either put it out in le- later half of 94. So October, November, mm-hmm. like if you toss it at the end of October, beginning of November so that it bleeds into the holiday. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But yeah, so if, if do that. And then you could have it like in its eighth or ninth
0: week on the holiday season. and It'll get some play.
1: Yeah. But March, is you just you don't care about it. You're just throwing it out there and you're like, "Eh, whatever, we'll see you later.
0: This is going to play at Comedy Central every day for the next 30 years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: how I watched it originally. Uh, I don't remember how I got to it. I want to say
1: I don't think I saw it in theaters. I don't remember if I saw it in theaters. Let's put it that way. I might have, though, because if it's 94, this is the time when I was probably seeing a lot of stuff in the theater. Because I started working at the theater in 93. So I don't. I believe I saw Hattacher Proxy at home. So and either Four Weddings and funeral. So I probably did see it in the theater. Maybe I might have saw Greedy in the theater too. Maybe maybe I chose Guarding Test that week. I don't know. I do remember seeing Guarding Test vividly in the theater. Yeah, I do remember that. That was when like Nick Cage was like in everything. Like, he, well, he's in everything now, but you don't see it a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's in everything that's on uh, Walmart's bargain bin. Right. <laughs> true true
1: alright so well he's in that movie Do you see that thing he's in the Jiu Jitsu the Mortal I, Kombat
0: ripoff. I can't see it though. I liked it
1: <laughs> alright so um, <laughs> give me something else That give me something that you liked in the movie I've got a couple other things but you know I've
0: talked enough I mean one of the things I really like we kind of hinted about it before was just so I think I'll go off it now is just that the, the Connecticut stuff okay A we're from Connecticut we are and it's nice that you get a, a movie that doesn't play take place in New York New Jersey or California sometimes Florida it's like those four states are like the big states, and it's like you never get like the little states, like movie that takes place in Rhode Island or this or that. They're they're kind of few and far between. Well, holiday
1: I, movies are always really. It seems like they're synonymous with the winter and the and the snow. So it's always a lot of holiday movies are set in the Northeast.
0: Yeah, but it's nice to see something in Connecticut. Sure, that they mention Connecticut so often. Like there's mentions of Hartford and the Hartford Airport, and they're in Old Bay, Baybrook and Connecticut State Police, and mm-hmm. uh, one of the people's name is Milford. Uh, yeah i noticed and like, that and yeah. i was like that's
1: gotta be on purpose that's yep, exactly. gotta be on purpose so I,
0: I thought that was all really good Yeah, uh, so that that was just something i i liked and kind of put me into the film more and i wonder if that's a lot of people watch movies obviously people in new york and california probably get tired of that after a while or it's just like i don't know an everyday thing but if people like movies that take place in other states they're like oh that's mine and they're a little bit more into the movie because maybe it's their location so i i really like that aspect to it which is kind of a I don't know, not very film kind of reason to like a movie, uh, but it kind of sucked me into. You like it. to, you like a movie, uh, you like but a movie. The dialogue is just really, really good, and the acting is just. Parts of it are are almost stagey in the fact that they talk what's on their minds more than I think real people would, even at the beginning. But it works, and it's so well acted that it, it it's okay. What it what, what Give me example. When he takes them once he takes them and they're bickering and they're arguing and even some of the stuff he says, like, uh, be my, if I knew I would take my parents, like I, I wouldn't oh, take I you if I knew I was dealing with my parents, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my parents, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And it's almost like they never got out of their, their session, their marriage counseling well, session.
1: Well, they're, they're selfish. They're completely, oh, I get that hell bent on. ruining the other person. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, 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 they're in that kind of mode. I get that. But, this is a dialogue heavy movie. This is a relationship right. movie. So they're going to, you know, I But to your point, they're going to talk. The dialogue,
0: Yeah. The dialogue is very good, but it is kind of reminds me more of something that like, this would be a good, st- you can make a stage play out of this. Oh, absolutely. Um, And that's coming from someone who, who did a lot of stage acting and then learned. That's how I learned acting was stage was I enjoyed that a lot, but I'm looking at it going, but would they really talk like that? I understand you need them to talk like that because they're getting out their issues, but, but I think, but,
1: I, I get what you're saying, but that's, I'd rather have that. I want to see that. I don't mind when stuff feels like that mm-hmm. because that's the movie and I'm, and it's being performed well. So I'm, you know, I'm oh, seeing yeah. actors do it very well. So I'm, I'm, I'm all for that and stuff like that. And so, and there's great moments. There's great dialogue moments in the, in this movie. My, the, the moment I laughed for like a good five minutes afterwards was when Lloyd tells his mother what he's like, I want to get you for next Christmas. Nice big wooden cross. And that's why anyone gets you upset. You can just climb on up it and nail yourself to it. I was like, oh, my God, I couldn't stop laughing.
0: And I forgot that line.
1: <laughs> I, I got
0: you the husky size <sighs> because you let your weight become a problem. Oh,
1: God. I, oh, she is awful. I
0: fucking hate her. I hate her. Wade. I hate her. I, I know. I know. I know. It's just not worth it. <laughs> Mary gag your grandma. <laughs> I know. That was.
1: Yeah. I like when it's like, we're getting a divorce and his brother's like, why? (laughs) But anyways, while we're on the subject of of characters, one of the things I liked in this movie that I think that goes unnoticed and when you look at it and you analyze it, you realize, you know, that's why you are into all the characters that every character, even the, the, the supporting along with the leads have their own story arcs. So it's not just about Lloyd and Caroline and their marriage and they're the main story arc, obviously. Right. They're struggling to, you know, because there's things that. What's funny is that, you know, what the character of Gus is there is he's actually forces them to be absolutely honest with each other and honest about the situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and, you know, they suddenly realize that it's not it's not about just sometimes you bicker for bicker's sake and, you know, you don't remember what you're bickering about. But then the truth start coming out, which is great but not just their arc. You have Jesse has an arc too, the son in terms of like what he wants to do. And he's disenfranchised with his family. He wants to leave that kind of stuff. Right. The brother and the sister-in-law have their own arc with their kids with, in terms of the mother. You even, even the, even Skoda, I call him Skoda, but even Siskel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the military. He's not, he's like a Dean or something. I think he's the head of the school. Right. He has his own arc because, and you, but you don't, because it's off screen but you hear it it's a three minute arc and you see it yeah right because he's like i just can't live with myself there's something i did you talk to your son he, he kind of admits that you know his son black me. he tells him his son black man because i did something wrong you know i shouldn't have done and so yes mike that's only three minutes long i'm talking to myself here Mike. it's only <laughs> three minutes long you, you you're looking into it, but but no that's that's what writing entails that's what writing a script entails it's not just about your mains it's about everybody involved because
0: then you root for everything when they're all yelling at the grandmother at the end. Exactly. You're all about that. And even you're talking about Sisko's only in for three minutes. The rest of the family, the in-laws are really only in it for the last, what, 20, 25 minutes of the movie. Right. And you still catch on with what their arcs are and they have a complete arc from beginning to end.
1: I think if you had this, if this was done by somebody who doesn't really know how to write or thinks they know how to write and you, you, when you first see the sister and the brother, they're stop they're stopping to eat. You see the family. Oh, okay, yeah, because, right. But it's easy. It's very easy to take that scene and to demonize them and to make them the bad guys and to make them like, oh my God, there's still you know, they're so bad. And as you're leading up to it, that's what you see. But when you get to the house, you see because when they're there, the grandmother's making comments, you know, the mother is fighting with the kids. Then when they get to the house, you start seeing how she's not just mean to Caroline. She's mean to everybody. Right. And, and, you know, like slipper socks, you know, like that kind of stuff, like it, that all counts and that all matters. And it's really important to it. It's nobody in this movie is a bad person except the grandmother. Nobody in this movie is a bad person. <laughs> and it, it they're all people. They're all humans. They're all. Exactly, and yeah. and the writing and the script takes takes care of that. And it's great that that survived any kind of edit or any kind of notes. And it's great that it was. Because if this script was done by somebody who doesn't have that kind of mentality, who doesn't understand how to create characters and write arcs, th- this movie will be bad. It will be really bad. It would just be, oh, I like that line. But we'd be like, oh, but
0: that's, eh, we don't like this. Would there be nitpicking? It was written by more just a guy who just writes, like someone who just, or a lady who just writes uh, straight up comedy. Right. It's just, it would be gags and jokes yeah. and not real, fully fleshed out characters. Right. A lot of these movies that are
1: straight comedies that are trying to dive into dramatic elements. I mean, I was just watching big daddy the other day because it was on i was on and, and there's starts of the, you don't like big daddy i like some of it but let me but, but let me get to my point all right movies like that and i'm not saying that movie in particular but movies like that that have a lot of slapstick humor right will rely on the humor much more and then they're like the last 10 minutes they try to get dramatic and it's like right. that's not it's not a payoff that's not how you can do it it has to be throughout and i think it's very important to understand that the reason why a lot of people like certain films or certain films you think about for days on end or you resonate with you like this movie is the character work it is so important in movies i in, in writing to just take care of your characters you've created these characters this, this sounds like I'm a writer <laughs> you've created these characters don't abuse them or don't do them wrong by not completing their their arcs or not giving them any kind of meaningful moments on screen because then no actor wants to play that you know what i mean no it, that's the worst one. If you came up to me like, Hey, what am I doing here? I'm like, I don't worry about it. That that would be the worst note I could give you.
0: Butler. You're just the, you're just the husband that just yeah. does everything. Yeah. Just, I'm just, a yes. man. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Oh, what's, what's my motivation? What's my art? What am I, what am I right. trying to do? And you're just trying to do your lines.
1: Right. And so <laughs> I know I'm coming back around here. I come back around to your point about it being stage. Like that's why I like that because right. the stage, and you know, this, and we've talked about this before the stage is where character work is done the best and yes. is done right. And if a movie to me dives it where you have that nowhere, like that's oh, a bit stagy, like in terms of dialogue, right. I'm okay with that because then I know that they're worried, they're focusing on characters mm-hmm. and, and you know what? I'm all in on that. And a movie like the ref probably does not get made today. If it gets made, it's, it's going to be more humorous than, than drama. More. Absolutely. And it'll, and all that stuff will get lost because, Even though, like, I love Dennis Leary in this movie and I want him to do his rant and he does. I still don't want him to go too ranty. You know what I mean? I still want him to stay within the confines of the movie. Right. To his credit, he does.
0: Yeah. He doesn't get too ranty until you get that end line when he finally gets back with Murray and he does. He goes full on rant while the credits Right. Which is fine. Because that's your end. Yeah. That's your end. But yeah, he's not. Overly fast talking, quippy. Right everything he he's there to react to the rest of them he's got a
1: great line in this movie and it but it's not his line it's an homage he so he tells the criminal the lady your husband ain't dead he's hiding yeah <laughs> that's actually a direct quote from an abbott and costello routine i'm going to say this name wrong so it's kahana hat company so that's actually straight from that and which is it's a great line right and i like that it's a direct i like that they you know like they don't hide it like oh it's my own line it's a direct quote which is great which is great but that. that
0: that's a great last line. Lady, your husband ain't dead. He's hiding <laughs> I thought grandma's was supposed to be nice and kind and patient. I know low sharks that are more forgiven than you.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. The other line I like. So th- I know I we've just probably spent like, what, 20 minutes being super positive about this movie. Mm-hmm. I'll say one thing that I kind of was like, eh. yep. Is the cops are really bad. Like the the local cops yeah oh yeah they're really very bumbly yeah yeah which
0: is like the whole movie at the beginning you think they're trying to prove that they're better than the as good as the state cops right you know the sheriff's like no i i'll take care of this i got my men already here yeah his men's like the rich people aren't wrong yeah you want these rich white morons to be to be wrong about the police but yeah local that local cop they're so bad (laughs) they delete evidence (laughs) they don't know how to use a remote yeah, I'm watching. Going, you don't know how to use a remote. Come on. Although I did have a remote back when I was little that you did have to press two buttons. No, at yep. the same time. Absolutely,
1: to... absolutely.
0: But yeah, they're just really bad. Well, Old Baybrook, we
1: talked about it a little bit. Old Baybrook, this is where that's the town is. It's when you look at it on the, when they're showing it on the outside. And they have the, the the exterior shots and all the stuff. It's more of an idyllic way that the, a Connecticut town would look. It kind of looks like downtown Mystic in the holiday season. Oh, that absolutely. one strip.
0: It's, it's how everyone right. It's a Hallmark. It looks like a Hallmark
1: hear, movie, yeah. and I get it. I know we all wish that that would be like that. And it, it sometimes it is, but it's not all the time. It,
0: the a, rich parts of Connecticut. A more honest, <laughs> a
1: more honest depiction of what it would look like in terms of the Northeast. Is probable. This is more mid Atlantic. Is probably the family man in his Jersey suburb. Like oh, that's yeah. what it would look like. That's, that's, that's exactly yeah. what it is. And granted, I said like it's mid Atlantic, New Jersey, but that's what Connecticut looks like at some points. Yes. But we all want that idyllic Old Baybrook looking Connecticut. Absolutely. And and there are spots like that, but they are. They are not near the water. They are up northwest and and, and they, are, they are up in the northern part Some of Connecticut. Some
0: parts where we're recording this, where you live, look like that. So. Oh, well, thank you, man. Yes. But uh, welcome you know. to Whitesville. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. There's no whoa, whoa, whoa. There's no need for that. There's no need for that. Anyways. uh, If we're going to talk about things we didn't really like, do you like Santa Claus?
1: I like Santa Claus because I know somebody that did
0: that. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, because I, I, I wasn't I, a big have, fan of his scenes. There was...
1: There was a guy that used to do that around our neighborhood. Where we grew up. He, I don't. He. It wasn't that he was drunk, but he would go around the houses, eh, and it was just like I knew who he was, and it was just like mm, you know, there's it was, it was some stuff like that. Okay. Um, but I don't mind it. Uh, but everyone wants to go to Jamaica.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I got a way to Jamaica. I got a way to Jamaica.
0: Maybe I'll go to Jamaica.
1: I, I. love. I can't remember the the wife's name, but I love when the. The town councilman or the guy comes and tells Bob Burley, tells him. Oh, that's
0: my favorite line. Go ahead. Go (laughs) ahead. He tells him he's going to be out at the end. He's going to be out of the job after Christmas, the sheriff, because he messed it all up. And he goes, I fucked your wife, Bob. Yeah, I nailed your wife. nailed your wife, Bob. Three times, Bob. (laughs) You were out of town. She said you never went three times, Bob. (laughs) That's awesome. <laughs> and he's just waiting to like, he was just so happy to be able to say that. Yeah. It was awesome.
1: I know it was good.
0: It, it, there's a ton, like
1: there's a ton of good lines. Like, you know, Connecticut is the fifth ring of hell. Well, sometimes it feels like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have that written down to you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Lady, why don't you just sleep with him and let us get, let us all off the hook. When he tells his mother <laughs> yeah. to sleep with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's tons of, there's tons of great lines. The spirit of Christmas is either you're good or you're punished and you go to hell. <laughs> well, I like when they first get kidnapped. And Caroline tells him like, "Lloyd's no hero." I can vouch for that. And He's just like, "What? <laughs> oh, because you don't, you don't know what you did." <laughs> did you like the? Did you like the apparatus when the the whole alarm system? How he gets caught? Like when he pulls the ring and the cat peek when he opens the It just the gate?
0: completely reminded me of Mister Burns at yeah. <laughs> the factory. But. Did you see who he robs? He robs a guy who is does amusement parks. Yes. Stuff. Yeah, so absolutely. of course he's doing that weird stuff.
1: Yeah, no, so when he first did that I'm like, do I like that? I mean, it, it's funny. It's pretty interesting, but then when they had the TV commercial where or the TV spot where he was giving away $200,000 and, at, and yeah. then they said who he was. I'm like, all right, that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense.
0: I love that throughout the rest of the movie, they just keep, what's that smell? Because yeah. he's got campus on his face. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And he can't, no matter how much cologne he puts on or how much he watches his face, he y- can't get the smell Even out. at the end. I love the uh, the scene in the bar as well when, when he's trying to call Murray. Yes. Is there a guy named Murray here? <laughs> it, is a there, it's a fucking waste of life they're a fucking waste of life <laughs> and then Murray goes oh yeah it's me
1: <laughs> when it came out in the UK as I mentioned before it's worldwide numbers aren't a lot so they must not count them half the time but when it, and maybe this is on VHS it was renamed Hostile Hostages I mean, are you kidding me who renames these things? That's so
0: stupid. And they're kind of hostile hostages. Yeah, that's a stupid name. That's a dumb title. That's a dumb title. I'm also not a fan of the ref as a title, but... I like the ref. Eh. What would you call it? I don't know. Well, tell me. I don't know. Hostile hostages? Uh, <laughs> I just said I don't like that.
1: Houseguests? I don't know. The Houseguests house, house house already came out. That's sort of like coming out.
0: Well, exactly. So 1994 hadn't come out. Was that so, Houseguests
1: in 94? I think so. That's the one with uh, Steve Martin. Right, um, I'm pretty sure uh, it's either with Steve Martin and or
0: Phil Hartman. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something like that. I don't is know. Is
1: Simbad the house guest? Is that
0: what it is? Uh, ooh, maybe.
1: Hang on, I'm looking it up. Go, go for it. Good old Sinbad. No, I think I'm confusing because I said Phil Hartman. I'm confusing Jingle All the Way with um. Oh well, yeah, that's completely with uh Simbad phil hartman and all that stuff jingle all the way
0: is a very different movie from the rip
1: no i was right yes fast talking fast talking con man kevin franklin sinbad is in over his head he owes five fifty thousand dollars to the mob and they want to collect on the run franklin happens upon a lawyer gary young played by phil hartman and his family who are waiting for an old friend young hasn't seen in 25 years taking the opportunity for another con and to save his neck franklin convinces young he's the old friend the family's house guest. He has great hideout for the mob, but the mafia henchmen are still in his jail. So this was released January 6th, 1995. Running to... Yeah, so I was right. Yes, look at that. Good for you. Now, I do not remember anything part of that movie, but I do remember that they were both in it. And I know I saw it, but I do not remember any of that movie. But anyways, we're not talking about that movie, are we? (laughs) Apologies for jumping... That was in 95. So apologies for jumping to to a different movie there. How about this? So they all open their presents... When grandma gives them presents, right? Grandma's crappy presents. Crappy presents. But did you notice what the son got? No, I take it back. Not the crappy presents. The, the parents. Did you notice that the son had a Super Nintendo? Yeah. Yeah. That, he wasn't complaining about that. His, he never said anything But hey, thanks for Super Nintendo. They were all opening their presents. Yeah, like, I know. That's probably from their parents. Oh, That's probably okay. from his parents. Okay. Yeah.
0: I was surprised that Santa was able to get to them. <laughs> <laughs> I remember he she does hand him that present because it's in the red wrapping paper. Okay. All right. So I don't remember who she says it's from, but I assume it's from his actual parents because the grandma got him the underpants.
1: Well, no, she got him the shirt. Shirt
0: is it a shirt or the it a got the the yeah, I got you the husky size. Yeah, uh, I got you the husky size.
1: And then she, she, got she a... let she... your
0: weight become a problem. Oh, she is
1: awful, <laughs> awful. Oh, man, I would have told her off. Did she
0: want to get you cross? <laughs> nope. Lloyd, your mom is. I have to agree. Lloyd, your mom is a bitch. So you'd have to be blind not to see if she's a bitch. I, I know. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they say he's the marriage counselor, uh, Doctor. Uh, Doctor Wong. Wong. I keep getting it wrong because I think he's the same guy that plays Doctor Wu in Jurassic Park. Well, it, But his his car- right. His, that's B D Wong. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's just Doctor Wong. But I like that the Leary is supposed to be Doctor Wong, and yeah. the uh, the grandma goes. So your last name is Wong. Well, my mother was Irish, and your father wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I noticed in the movie that I mean, it's a stupid thing because I know it's just it's it's a comedy movie, but when they're fighting over the gun and the uh, the smoke alarm's going off, and she yeah. shoots it. Yeah, the bullet only unhooks the smoke alarm. Of course, and they pull There's the, no yeah. bullet hole, nothing. I, of it course, just, bing, bing. of it's course, like, it was a good shot. Yeah, perfect shot, ricochet off plastic.
1: <laughs> when uh. Gus is looking for cigarettes and he's does anyone have cigarettes to smoke and uh Lloyd's like no Caroline just quit and he's like really
0: like, like he knows Caroline. he exactly. knows that there's a stash well i love the fact that and i didn't catch on t- till toward the end of the movie at the beginning of the movie they both need well, we talked about him being the ref but they both need someone to be keeping score for them right. essentially they want Dr. Wong to say who's right and who's wrong or who's who's going off the rails and he won't and yeah. that's not helping them. So when they get leery, and he's actually taking sides and well, he yeah. goes, ha, 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 but then he goes, well, guess what? I think was oh, the when they're laying down. Yeah. you and, lied. You saw that stop sign, didn't you? Exactly. Yeah. And he keeps like back and forth. He's, and like your mom is a bitch. You have to be blind not to see it. He's taking sides yeah. and showing them who's right and who's he's wrong. He's making
1: them reveal that he's making them come face to face with truth. Right. Absolutely. So what he's proving
0: is that Dr. Wong is actually a terrible marriage.
1: <laughs> I, I, you know honestly yeah you if you're not but but to be fair like they're not being honest with Wong they're not they're, they're just they're they're getting it, Wong should see that should see that what they're trying to do right, oh, right. you're right he's probably just wants them out of the place cuz it's christmas eve too he probably wants to get it go home
0: or he's just trying to milk him for all it's worth keep True. their problems going so they never actually solve them yeah but why would Wong be open on christmas eve too the night of christmas i eve, thought that too. was weird so they made their christmas eve dinner yeah sat it on the table Well, if you notice, when he opens the fridge... (laughs) No, when he opens the fridge, all the stuff is in there, like, leftover, like, covered. Some of it, but some of it's on the table as well. Like, the uh, the turkey is covered and on the table. Yeah. I love when he takes the wine and she's drinking the wine. (laughs) He slams the uh, phone and all the pots and pans come out from the top. Yep,
1: yep. But the opening is good with the credits because it goes through the town and you start meeting some of the characters. You don't know you're meeting characters, but you start meeting people. And then it, it ends up on, I guess it would be... It must be a crane shot, or maybe the steadicam got onto a crane and moved up because then it goes up to the Doctor Wong, Wong sign, the office, and, they're, yeah. and they're in there. So, uh, but it was a nice opening. You know, all the credits sequence is holiday, and you start seeing you start seeing the police chief, you see the Santa, you just start seeing people, right? And you realize that okay, these are probably characters that are popping in later, but you don't ever meet your leads until the credits end, which is good.
0: Yes, i was gonna say I also we talk about how funny it is. We talk about all these really great lines, and I don't, I haven't written down the lines, but the scene in the right after the presence when uh when lloyd and caroline for some reason i blanked on caroline's name when lloyd and caroline are really getting to the 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 meat and potatoes of of their relationship and they're talking about the good times and smoking a joint you know sitting in that apartment and having that one bedroom apartment and and that dialogue they have between each other there is such great Dramatic acting in mm-hmm. this in this comedy film, mm-hmm. and like you said, you couldn't do it now because it would be straight comedy. But right. I'm watching that scene, going, "Holy crap! Well, a great actor." You
1: wouldn't. Well, <laughs> let's let's be honest. You wouldn't put somebody uh, in terms of his level of uh, acting ability as Kevin Spacey and Judy Davis in this movie. You would be putting like Will Ferrell and you know somebody else, like maybe like Rachel McAdams or somebody, somebody obviously thirty years younger than him. Who you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Right. Like these people are age appropriate, and they're dramatic actors first. They're not comedians right right that's what i'm saying i mean I yeah think, i think this movie benefits from the fact that the gus's character dennis larry is the only comedian and he's even though he's the comedian he's in there because the the, the type of comedian that dennis larry was was that angry you know rough comedian that that style which yeah. works it's a perfect role for him absolutely but you don't have other funny quote-unquote funny people in there do you have people that can do both mm-hmm. that can be funny but can be dramatic and i think that's what that scene required but I do like. Because I know while you're watching this movie, it's probably, you start siding with certain people. You start siding with, with, with Caroline, you start siding with Lloyd. And to be fair, in the beginning, it is really anti Lloyd. You know, she's always, she's Adam, Adam, Adam. And then you're talking, I know what you're talking about. Cause he's like, you know, if you remember back to that conversation, you remember back when we were talking, my mother offered money. I said, absolutely not. And then he tells us like, you don't, you make me make all the decisions like that.
0: Right. It's,
1: It's It's just building up to that because right
0: right at the beginning, the whole her whole problem with Lloyd is that he's dead. Right. And that he's not saying these things that need to be said. He wants she wants him to be mad at her for right. And all he wants to do is hide her away instead of being actually mad at her because he's he's tired of being the one that needs to react. And he doesn't want a divorce and she wants a divorce. And he doesn't because he still has these emotions and he hasn't said anything and, and you finally get that build up and it's but an amazing I, I, moment. But I would also offer that he doesn't want the
1: divorce because he doesn't want to be the one that decides to have the divorce. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't, like again. He, That's not true. I mean. So when she finally decides it, play. he's like, all right, yeah, right. all right, we're getting See, divorced. Again, I'm going to go back to my initial statement. This movie needs to be a holiday classic. This movie is just more than Dennis Larry kidnaps a Connecticut couple and all that fun ensues and hilarity ensues. No, it's, it's, it's much more meaningful and deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And if, I promise you, Promise you, if you've never seen it, or you you saw it many years ago and you forgot it, you if I think older people, probably my age, maybe, but I'm glad that someone you know you will like you can understand you can understand it too. Like somebody right. like that's like 15,
0: 16, 17 is probably not going to get a lot of things that See, we're saying. That's the thing is what, when I mean I put this on the list. I, I still enjoyed it when I watched it on Comedy Central when I was in high school because it used to be on all the time. Right, right. So I'd watched it a couple times there, but a they cut the crap out of it. Of course, this, this is a rated R movie, and a lot of the jokes you just can't redo. Right. Normally. And B, again, I'm watching this as a 16 year old. And, and when you're that age, you know, my parents had a good, pretty good relationship. So you don't get that fighting between the couple. But also in, when you're that age and the fa- you have the family dinners, you're not maybe privy to all that infighting. And you stuff know, like it's that. funny,
1: but you don't know really why it's funny. And also it's also poignant. You don't really right. get the other layer of
0: then it. Then you grow up and you realize that your family members are are human beings too yes. and you see all that fighting and then it, now you can appreciate it and understand it. right
1: well. right no it's just it's it's a really good film and Owen glibberman you're wrong i know you don't listen to this podcast, <laughs> but you're wrong and i suggest you watch it again but it it's it's i'm not gonna say it's perfect it's not perfect but it's it's funny and it's and it's a great movie to pop on for saturday night like i said 96 yeah. minutes you can't beat that
0: if you're sick of all the other family or Christmas movies that you watch over and over and over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Pop this one on. It's a, it's a good watch it one day,
1: someday we will come back to uh, a, a a part of storytelling that is similar to what we see in this movie. And in probably a lot of the nineties films, I know it's like, you know, 2020 rose colored glasses. I get that, but you, you,
0: you have to, you're going to have to tell, you're going to have to show me a movie that came out in the last five years. That's like this movie. I think that's I and mean, we, we talk about this a lot especially on the, you know, the Fat Entertainment webpage with the off-air stuff and all that. And you and I talk about it all the time, is the, the slow death of the movie theaters and the, the, the coming of the streaming wars and stuff like that. I think streaming's where you get these kind of mid-budget, more personal, more I hope so. avant-garde type movies. Sure. And I'm not going to say this is avant-garde. I don't mean that in a snooty kind of way. Of course not. Because I hate when people use it in a snooty kind of way. Oh, well, I better uh, remember not to do that then. But... <laughs> <laughs> It, this is the kind of thing that I think we're going to see a lot more of with these kind of in different kind of budgets than we're used to seeing in movies with good actors. Uh, do I think movie theaters are going to die? No, but I think the way we know them,
1: they're, it's going to change. So yeah. here's the thing I'm OK with if you want to keep your 12 plexes that have eight Transformer movies and 15 Harry Potters and whatever. But why not give me the. Six house theaters, the five house theaters, the eight house theaters that play these movies. I'll go to those
0: theaters. You, you know what I mean? Go on your TV and go on HBO Max.
1: Oh, No kidding. I'm, I'm also <laughs> lazy. So, but, but, but I'm saying like for a night out, dinner in a movie, like that's still, that will always be a thing. Hopefully. Hopefully. Okay, look.
0: Well, dinner in a Transformers. <laughs> no, not going to, not, not dinner in an explosion. No, no.
1: I don't, I don't, need, I don't need to see something I've already seen 20 times over. So obviously we feel very strongly about the ref. So we recommend that you see it. I know that when you this has come out, it's tomorrow, December twenty fourth. You know, maybe get the ref. Rent it. I'm sure I honestly it's probably available. Go rent it. Go 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 order it on Amazon Prime or watch it while your ham or turkey's in the oven Yeah, getting it ready. I'm telling you, get get prepared for your family to come over. You know, honestly that's probably not happening
0: this year. So get prepared to do virtual zooms and And, and then stare at the family member that is uh <laughs> represents each character as they talk. Right. Mm. Exactly. But uh I highly recommend you watch this movie this you're holiday season. Such a gus. Well, you're such
1: a Caroline. Are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> Mike's Mike's
1: <laughs> off the rails. He's he's talking to
0: himself now. So <laughs> Mike, why you do that? Why don't you tell everyone where you can find us? No, I'm already talking all right. <laughs> you can find us on ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or forgottenentertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Uh, you can also find our podcast wherever you listen to a podcast. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Hey, if you're listening to one of those places, why don't you subscribe to us, rate us, and review us? Hopefully something good, but even bad helps. Uh, uh, You can also find us on the social medias at Forgotten Cinema Pod or Forgotten Cinema Podcast. And we put out little ads every Thursday that we think are pretty funny. Check us out. We post every week. And that's what I got.
1: And join us next week. We're going to be checking out From Hell, the 2001 Hughes Brothers movie. Whatever happened to the Hughes Brothers? We'll find that out out next week. week. (laughs) 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 All right. So next week we're doing From Hell. Thank you. Watch The Ref. It's awesome. Uh, I don't know why I did that in a microphony voice, but yeah, I hope yeah. it sounds great when I edit. <laughs> why don't you just shut up Butler? Just <laughs> shut up. Such a Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm Mike Fields. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema.
0: Fucking waste of life. They Mike Field here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Who do you think you are? I'm fighting words. Slipper socks. Medium. <laughs>